Welcome to Drinks at the Doll, episode 68, Lost Girl Movie Wishes. You're listening to Drinks at the Doll, a podcast way station for Lost Girl fans. I'm your host, Stephanie. And I'm Annie. And I'm Chris. This episode is kind of a follow-up to our previous episode in which we discuss the fact that Lost Girl, sadly, is coming to an end. Season 5 will be its last. And the fact that there are people campaigning to renew the series, but also to maybe make a Lost Girl movie to follow up with the series ending. And I guess I'll tell this little anecdote. I was actually looking back through our original list of ideas that we had come up with when we were starting the podcast. Like, okay, if we did a Lost Girl podcast, what are some topics we could cover? And I was looking down the list, and one of the topics that Annie had added was actually, what if they made a Lost Girl movie? What would that look like? So I thought, hey, we can cross off an idea that had been on our list for over a year, and it was kind of appropriate for this point in time, I thought. I had no idea. I put that idea down, but okay, I'll take credit for it. It'd been a while since since we'd looked at the the document, so I'm not surprised you'd forgotten. Oh, okay. I do not know that I've ever actually seen this document. I don't know that you have either, but I've added all of the ideas to a document that you can see now, so don't feel left out anymore. I'd kind of forgotten about it until the other day. I'm so lonely. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I thought we'd talk about today. It would be, if they made a Lost Girl movie, I want to make clear first, I'm not saying there has been an announcement that this is going to happen. I was really worried that people would see the name of the episode and think, oh, did they announce it? No, they have not. This is just, should they decide to make one? We are going to talk about both sort of like the types of stories they might tell and then maybe some more specific ideas regarding possible plot lines they could explore. We are completely and utterly jumping the gun on this is what we're saying. Yes, yes. this is entirely speculative, wish wishes, etc. Yeah, if wishes were horses, we'd have a lot of pirapuses <laughs> around. So, Pirapi? Pirapi. What's the plural of papayas? Papayas. Papayas. Papaya horses. What's the plural of this plural? <laughs> okay. Papayas. Anyway. <laughs> papayas' horses. So, uh, what just yeah, happened? But I, I just think that's real funny that. Stephanie, that you said, oh, if people looked at the title of the episode, it's like, oh, yes, we have that much insider knowledge. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't. We don't. We're like, we're just speculating, and I think it's it's kind of fun to do, and uh, we're also doing it in, you know, to send out good vibes into the universe, going, yeah, we do still want a movie. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Just, just in case. We'll put some ideas out there. Because Bomb Girls had a movie, so why not? Why not Lost Girl? Bomb Girls also didn't get any notice of their cancellation, though. Yeah, I'm I know, sure. but still, so. I'm just saying, <laughs> it happens. It does happen. Let's start by maybe talking about the uh, general types of stories they might tell should they do a Lost Girl movie. I think first, you know, there could be a a decision about whether they would focus on just a, a few characters. Not saying that necessarily the whole cast wouldn't be in there in some regard, but have the story mainly focus on like two or three characters. And then if the other characters were involved, they would just be kind of, you know, bit players came in for a scene or so, or they could, you know, continue to do more of an ensemble type of piece. Like the, the show has been, I think personally, I would prefer that they try to have as many of the characters involved 
a lot, not just a little bit, but, you know, have the story try to really involve as many of the main cast as possible if they did a movie. I think most people would agree with that. I, I think Lost Girl, I tend to think of it as an ensemble cast, so I really would want an ensemble type feel in the movie. And, you know, I think the best episodes have equal parts given to everybody. And, the you know, I, like we've mentioned before, say the end of season two, when the whole gang comes together to fight whatever evil, I tend to like those kind of storylines. So I think that would be good for a movie. Right. Teamwork stuff is always the best stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I, I like the show the best when they're working the most as a team. Or maybe have a whole series of events where they have to like split up to do to accomplish several different tasks and then come together at the end to, you know, defeat the enemy together or whatever. We actually did just get a tweet from Kevin Batchelder. I want to see a Bruce and Kenzie plotline in the movie. <laughs> That'd be awesome. They're going off to solve the, you know, get get the plot going and solve the sideline plot. Okay, you go, you guys go here, you guys go here. Bruce and Kenzie, you go here. And so then as regards in regards to like possible stories they might tell, there could be kind of a, a client-driven story or kind of a fay of the week type of format, which many of the episodes in the first couple of seasons are like, you know, somebody from outside of our usual cast of characters comes to Bo or to Kenzie or just, you know, usually it's Bo or Kenzie with a fay-related fay-related problem and then whatever that situation is that fuels the plot line. And we did have somebody on Twitter when I asked about it, Brian, who's sci-fi slasher, said that he would really like that type of story, where it's kind of a case of the week, and Bo and Kenzie go and solve it. I think, though, um, you know, that's that kind of storyline really works well for the first few seasons, but I think at this point, where it has de- the season, or the series has developed to season five, and with some ongoing storylines, and I think that would be okay, but I don't know about for a movie, I'd kind of want it to be part of the impetus, but I'd like it to be more character-based. So, more to go along with, like, the themes of the show instead of just Fae of the Week type thing. I mean, I'd like a little bit of that, but not just just typical Fae of the Week kind of thing. I'd like It's it's really hard, though, when you do a movie after a series, because you have to have it relate to the ongoing plots of the show, do exposition for people who have never watched the show, and still have it relate to the diehard fans. So I'd kind of like something that encompasses both of those type of elements. I apologize in advance, I'm going to make an X-Files reference. X-Files had two movies. The first movie was actually during the series and tied in directly with the main mythology of the series. The second movie was sort of a case of the week type of thing, although it was, you know, different because of all the circumstances of the show having been sort of resolved. But but it was essentially a case of the week. There was a, a separate thing. And I don't know anybody who liked the second movie. Well, I was going to ask, did you think it worked for the second movie? I mean, I think I bought it, but never watched it. And I liked the first movie, and I never watched the series. Yeah, I'm kind of inclined to agree with Annie. I feel like a case of the week could be like a jumpstart for a main plot of a movie. Yeah. But I don't know if it would work well if that was the only thing going on. Driving the story. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it could be a, a small piece, but I feel like you would need a, a bigger, larger situation to emerge from that for it to really work for a movie. But that's just me. That's just me personally. Another turn they could take would be if the movie really focused on show mythology, as in it, it tackles an aspect that's really key to the, sh- to the show's mythology. And I feel like Serenity, which is the Firefly movie, 
it really did a good job of this because if you've if you've seen the series Firefly, I'm gonna admit I'm not a huge Firefly plan. I like I like it. I think it's I think it's good. I think the characters are great, but the storylines in the series are only like okay. But I love Serenity the movie because it, it really tackles a lot of the mythology of the world, which was the most interesting to me as a viewer. So instead of like doing a because most of the the episodes are kind of focused on they get a job that they have to go and do, and that's the driving piece of the plot line but the the movie really focuses on explaining how these creatures that are kind of key to the firefly universe came to be i also saw that movie before i saw that series and kevin tweeted i'm also a huge x-files fan but the second movie sucked (laughs) (laughs) yes yes kevin it did it just it made me angry like it actually made me angry So I feel like in regards to to Lost Girl, if they did kind of a mythology-focused movie, the Great Fae War is a subject that's really key to sort of how the Fae world is set up, but we really don't know a heck of a lot about it. The only problem I see with that is that that happened well before our main character was alive. So it's like, how would they write a story where we got to understand and see aspects of the Great Fae War, but still keep Bo at the center of the story. Well, or it could be about another Great Fae War starting at, in our present time, you know, and how it relates to the Great Fae War of the past. I don't know. Yeah. That's true. But That's true. Okay, I see what you're saying. Something about the war between the Fae would be the central kind of plot that ties into the mythology. I do feel like that might be where we're headed right now within the series a little bit like the Mm. because they've already started with that where Trix past is coming back to haunt everybody because the other thing I could think of would be if they really tackled this is tangentially related I guess the light and dark fey divide and maybe we went more into like the political structures or the relationship between the two clans more in a more focused way but And and I guess we should have also started by saying we are making this speculation based on what we've seen of the show so far. Obviously, they still have another season. So if the movie were made, it would follow season five. And we don't know how all these things are going to conclude. So I feel like if they don't tackle the light-dark divide and maybe even end the light-dark divide in season five, I would be surprised. So that might not be left on the table to tackle if they did a movie. Again, we're completely jumping the gun on this episode. True, but true. It's fun to talk about anyway. <laughs> but I, th- I think even if they did end the light, dark fade divide within the series, it's. I feel like sometimes the characters, you know, are so. You know, I think one of the fascinating things about all the political sides is that all the characters they've kind of have shifting allegiances or things change. Now Lauren can defave people. You know, it's like it's not like everybody would be happy about it if you ended a, you know system that went on for a millennia and there would still be people who'd want the divide or you know there's always power struggles in the lost girl so that could go into a movie you know like you said a, a new great fey war could emerge where yeah. you know you have fey who want to resurrect the the structure or something like that yeah somebody always wants to be on top <laughs> and it's not just lauren <laughs> oh, i knew that was coming <laughs> i know uh, i could tell because he started laughing before she finished the sentence <laughs> And uh, Denise, who's Ghost 5 says the Great Fae War could be referential and then tied to something present day, which is yeah. basically what Annie was just saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, yeah. I feel like that that would be the way they'd have to do it, would be to give us flashbacks and maybe and information about the Great Fae War, but it'd have to tie to something happening in the present to make sure that 
all of our characters, especially our main character, w- was involved. Right. And then another general type of story I thought would be appropriate for Lost Girl would be more kind of character focused, wherein something or somebody in either the char- a character's past or even their present kind of creates interpersonal conflict amongst the group. Like Dyson Trick and Tamsin, because they're so long lived, like they would be probably the most likely candidates if you wanted to pull some sort of fae or adversary from their past that returns and they have to confront it in the future. Or even if it's a, a friend from the past who's gone bad or something like that, you know, their lives are probably the the most rich for that potential. But really, it could work with any of the characters, because all of our characters have kind of shady pasts. Well, I think because Bo is a central character, it has to, the something coming from the past or something, a character-based movie would have to be around her. And to me, the most interesting thing is when Bo is threatened or is the threat, you know, dark Bo trying to take over. Because that's such a, because it's such a central theme of the series is, what side of Bo will take over? Will, will her succubus nature take over? Will Pyrrhus come after her? And, you know, will they rule the world together? Which is still kind of an ongoing question going into season five. But that threatens her, you know, family that she's made and her friends. So I think something revolving around that, something trying to take over Bo from the inside and all the conflict it creates within her and her friends having to deal with that and help her with that would be an interesting plot. Well, I, I think definitely that that could be, though I, I do think you could have something happening to another character, but both still stay at the the center of the story. I think the if people have seen the Veronica Mars movie is a good example of this, where it's something happening in Logan's life that like draws Veronica back into her private detector world. So Veronica is still very much the the center of the plot, but what's happening in Logan's life sort of fleshes him out as a character and creates the driving plot line. So I, you know, cause I had the thought that if we had Lauren, who was the character who had kind of something from her past come into the present to create drama, it could be, you know, something like Interpol catches up with her, not saying she gets arrested, but like, you know, Interpol's getting closer to her and their presence is putting the Fae at risk of being exposed to humans on a really wide scale. And so that then causes conflict for most of the characters. That we have. So something like that, maybe. Or maybe her brother resurfaces. Yeah. Exactly. But I like that idea because I like protective Bo. Not that Lauren needs help, but I just like it when they... I like it when Bo goes all blue-eyed for Lauren. It's awesome. <laughs> it sounds like you ship documents, Annie. <laughs> I think I do. <laughs> but now I have visions of, like, Bo, like, sucking the chi out of all these Interpol dudes that are interrogating Lauren just to get her out of the clink, you know. That would be an awesome scene. So. I like that Annie just said, get her out of the clink. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's anyway. just kind of a, a an old-fashioned phrase. <laughs> oh, okay. And then, of course, a, a movie could also be like a combination of several of these things that we've, that we've mentioned, where, you know, you have a Fae of the Week plot that kind of gets a bigger mythology-focused plot rolling or something like that. So that's not to say that these necessarily have to exist in and of themselves. It seems like a lot of the client stories that they've had tie back in anyway to Bo's story in some way. So, I mean, they've, they've done it several times before is what I'm trying to get at here. That right. they've, they've blended the types of stories here. And, you know, you could always have 
some buddy from the past come back and be the client. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the best movies that are done based off of television shows, you know, show the best, you know, bits and characteristics of each character and what they're capable of, whether it's, you know, Warren's sciencey stuff or Bo cheese sucking a room full of people or Dyson shifting or you know whatever so just that it highlights each character so that even as a new audience member you can go oh this is a really cool movie or you know and see the whole mythology unfold behind um, unfold before you so i guess we could move into talking about some more specific plot ideas that we might have one of which i i mentioned kind of before i feel like the show from the beginning was angling to the end of the light and dark fey divide with our heroine who's, you know, unaligned, wants to stay in the middle and thinks the system's kind of messed up. So I'll be surprised if it doesn't come to the end by the end of the series, the divide, I mean. But if if it doesn't, then I feel like that could make a great plot for a movie is all of all of our characters working together to end this division amongst the fey. Well, I feel like in the series in the last season or two it hasn't been the divide hasn't been mentioned as much but what's been happening is like there have been outside threats that will tend to destroy all the fae so in essence get rid of the divide anyway by just destroying everything because Pyrrhus is kind of an a-hole i guess and just wants to all the fae will be mine and uh, whatever so right he wants to end the divide so that but that he's going to be in charge like he's going to be a dictator essentially yeah and then of course i feel like the relationship between the Fae and humans has a lot of potential to for for some plot lines. Like I was actually surprised. I don't know that they would go back to this. It might be too difficult. But you know, at the end of season three, where the Morgan gets everybody to declare war against the humans, I thought that we would actually see way more of that tension in season four. And we did some with Kinsey having to, you know getting her power and having to hide to a certain extent, but not nearly the amount of conflict as I thought that there would be. It did really only take about three or so episodes. It was like three or four episodes that storyline kind of played out in the form of Lauren and Kenzie having to hide in one way or another. But then they kind of threw in the added thing of the Unamens. So that sort of changed what that was about, I felt like. Yeah, because yeah. we had the Morrigan who was championing championing having the Fae, the, the Fae declare the humans enemies eventually come to realize, okay, the Unamens are even worse. <laughs> and by the way, Bo, I'll give you Lauren back if you'll help me with this Unamen situation. You know, so the the person who was like driving the whole conflict between Fae and humans turned around and, and changed her tune pretty quickly in season four, it seemed like. Well, and then it became that Lauren and Kenzie had to hide from the Unamens, mm-hmm. which was weird because then they just like randomly showed up in the Unamens cave. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lauren just strolls in and the folk like, hey, what's up? <laughs> Got your hell shoe right here. <laughs> <laughs> this is me hiding in terror. <laughs> but yeah, I think. The Morgan was just more inconvenienced by the Unamens as they came up. She was like, well, it said to Bo, they're a pain in my rear, so get rid of them, or, you know, help me get rid of them first. And But I think, yeah, that kind of idea against the war of the Fae and the humans. And also there was the issue of Taft, who was a human, who figured out the whole thing about the Fae, seemingly. 
And I'm like, well, why doesn't the world at large know about the Fae? You know, not just, you know, I know there's Fae strategically placed in a lot of different human occupations to help keep their identity secret. But I've always wanted to know when the Fae find out, or when the world finds out about the Fae at large, to see how that would unfold in a plot. Because we see it in the X-Men movies, where it's like, you know, humans mm. fearing the X-Men's powers and what do they do about them. And, you know, I think we saw it uh, particularly in the second movie. But that's always an interesting conflict with the superpowered beings versus the humans. And how do those two interact? And how do, you know, how would the Fae react? How would they protect themselves? How would they keep themselves secret? How would their allies help them, like Lauren and Kenzie? So. And it does just seem so, I don't know unlikely that Taft would be the only human exactly with nefarious intentions to ever discover them, you know? Yeah. Right. Like, obviously, he had more means to kind of exploit them and be an enemy than maybe an, an average person would. But but for sure, it's like he can't be the only person who's realized, oh, Faye exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I always cut this random tangent, but it's like he had all these personnel and all these people helping him, which kind of knew about Faye and all these guards and stuff. And, you know, Taft gets torn to shreds by uh, Dyson, but it's like, well, what happened to all those personnel? They're just wandering around going, hey, by the way, there's these creatures out here called Faye. You know, I mean, you know, loose end never got tied up. I, I guess we'll have to fan wink that they pulled some, some sort of whammy on them to make them forget about the Fae. Yep, it's always about the whammy. So yeah, I'm sure they. <laughs> I'm sure the Fae cleaned up their end. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the uh, the prisoners that were being held by Taft and his people were set free, and they took care of the problem. They probably did. Yeah, because <laughs> they were pissed off Fae. They were prisoners' hungry. revenge. <laughs> mm-hmm, that's true. Okay, let me let me pitch an idea. Okay, okay. a crazy crazy idea. For the movie. Okay. okay. Ebony, unable to become Faye again, decides if you can't join them, beat them, and leads the humans in a revolt against the Faye. Oh, she'd be a <laughs> fabulous leader. She has the personality for it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Ebony would be like, I'm not going to take this, you know, I'm... I'm not going to take this crap laying down. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I could... S- that is not beyond the realm of possibility at all. Like to- that totally fits with, with her personality. I think, you know, I think she would hate not being in power. Yeah. And, and how do you, how do you do this? Well, I know all the secrets of the Fae. I could lead the humans to, to beat them and, and become the top of the food chain again. <laughs> well, screw you then <laughs> is what I imagine Ebony saying <laughs> or something along those lines. <laughs> And we got some suggestions for some kind of specific, more specific plot suggestions from some of our our listeners. Erin said in a comment actually about our last episode, she said, as far as movies go, I'd like to see a prequel film about Trick, Isabeau, and Aoife. Even though we know how it's going to end in the sense we know what happened to the characters, I'd still like to see their lives pre their introduction on the series because I think there could be some interesting stories there. And... I see where she's coming from because I feel like particularly Aoife's storyline mm-hmm. has not been explored to the extent that I really thought it would be when when we first were told about it. Yeah. I still think there's more there. Yeah. I feel like Even there's with a the lot Rainer there. thing because, you know, Rainer was all, wait, Aoife's your mother? And of course that one, I mean, he just, he randomly brought up Aoife. So Rainer and Aoife knew each other. I'm completely convinced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think so too. But can we make the movie without Rainer? Sorry, Kyle Schmidt. 
Uh, you're adorable, but... Well, would he be that terrible if he wasn't with Bo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't know. I just... Eh. You're just annoyed with him, period. I'm annoyed now. with him, yeah. I can do without him in the Lost Girl world. I mean... And, and he's like, they can't unring that bell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, but you know what would be awesome? You put the movie in high def, and if you do a lot of special effects and have the budget, haha, yeah, right. But, you know, can you imagine 3D Docubus sex? That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so when I told my partner that we were doing this episode... <laughs> The response was, I know what Annie's going to say. She wants <laughs> she wants 90 minutes of docubus sex, Bo and Lauren braiding each other's hair, and having meaningful conversations. I don't want braiding each other's hair. Like, like kicking ass together, and then a meaningful conversation, too. And then <laughs> occasional shots of Dyson and Tamsin in the rain crying all alone. <laughs> But I said she wouldn't say that last part. She's not that. She's not mean spirited. But <laughs> but I just totally laughed at it. So maybe I am. <laughs> well, it's funny, but it's not something you'd want to see, probably, no, right? No, because it would take time away from the documents. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, we did actually get a a tweet during this this discussion already from somebody saying that they wanted Bo and Lauren to to talk. It was Maverick. Maverick is the one who wanted Bo and Lauren to talk, in all caps, about their feelings in the movie, since the writers of the show never let it happen. I'm actually really surprised that it took, like, 30 minutes for Annie to bring up Docubus sex. A whole 30 minutes. <laughs> well, she was, she was waiting was sticking to the outline. for the proper place in the outline, yeah. Stephanie. I mean, it's not really, but it's better, I guess. <laughs> but it's, it's just, you know... I mean, aren't you? Aren't we so glad for Blu-ray? Crystal clear. Pause. <laughs> there it is. I actually don't like Blu-ray. It's I don't like how uh, how crisp it is. It looks weird to me. Anyway, another suggestion that we got from from the Uber fan on Twitter. She assumed that by the end of the series, probably the conflict between Light and Dark Fae had been resolved, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So for a movie, how about we go with the format where that new normal, so that new piece probably, is interrupted by crises, drama, humor, and hum by crises, drama, humor, and angst ensue, and Team Bo is forced out of their routine to tackle it. Yeah, I think that's good. I mean, like we were saying, it's, I think the whole mindset of the movie is that something happens that's out of the normal realm. You know, the Fae get discovered by humans. Because why else large, have a movie, or, right? Yeah, you have to have the yeah. conflict that starts it. That's the whole point where script starts so and then from cody she said the main plot would be around a lauren's ability to turn Faye human bad people find out grab lauren bo needs to save her and stop the bad people i guess from using using lauren's technology or or some such thing and i do think that this is this has the potential to be a good storyline something around the fact that lauren knows how to turn humans into Faye and Faye into humans I would be surprised if that doesn't get mentioned somewhat in season five, but yeah. I, you know, doesn't mean it gets resolved in any real way. Well, it's, <laughs> I'm thinking of, uh, I think it was, was it X-Men 3, which I know a lot of people didn't like the movie where it's like they had the, the, the plastic guns where you could just shoot at people with a, with a formula that would turn, mm -hmm. you know, the mutants and turn them to humans. 
it's like they could get a hold of Lauren's formula and just mass produce it and shoot it at the Fae to, you know, defay them. But yeah, I mean, I like that idea because it's document centered. But again, I, I like I like the idea of. 3D document sex. <laughs> 3D document sex. I like the idea. 3D of high def. High def. <laughs> high sound. Surround sound. IMAX. Sorry. <laughs> you know that IMAX screen explodes in front of you? It's all eight, nine, ten. You but know, then and, but then you'd then get it, vertigo from the IMAX. I wouldn't. I'd enjoy it. I'd be like sitting there in my throat row with my shades on going. Document sex, yeah. Anyway, so I like that storyline, but it's it's again. I think Lauren has developed to the point where she doesn't have to be saved. But I like the point of her and Bo working together to, and all the gang working together in their pairs to solve the problem. But I do like that idea of humans finding out about the Fey and using Lauren's science to their advantage to destroy the Fey. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Like I, I. It'd be okay if Lauren got kidnapped, but I'd want her to save herself and get away just because, you know. Yeah. I feel like Lauren's at the point where she probably could. She's she's developed past that point where it's I'm helpless human in danger, so. But I I I do think that the idea of that technology, that information falling into the wrong people's hands could be a, a potentially good starter for a, the plot of a movie. I want you to read Birds of Prey of Like Minds. Okay, me personally. Or both yes. of us. Both of us? Well, you, both of you, if you're interested, but specifically because Stephanie was mentioning that uh, she wanted Lauren to escape capture on her own. Oh, okay. Okay. And Angela says, I think Lauren having that kind of power to turn human fae and fae human should come into play, if not great movie plot. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, the fact that that's happened in the last two seasons, I mean, I think after being able to turn humans fae... I think we were all expecting that to be a huge issue in season you four, know. and it yeah, it kind of yeah, it didn't get addressed a whole lot. But then, well, they they, they explored you know turning Faye into humans, so right, yeah. and so I mean, I think you know dangerous with one, but with two, yeah, I I think that's going to be an issue, right? Yeah, I'm hoping the issue shows up more. I mean, the quest for Kenzie is paramount, but I'm really hoping that issue shows up more prominently in the fifth season. Because it yeah, makes it, it might really be a powerful. matter of of being something that Bo really has to perhaps take extra effort to keep Lauren safe. Yeah, Bo and the rest of the group. But uh, and then Kevin says the Dark Fae decide to act out against humanity, so the Fae's existence is public knowledge, and our heroes save the world. Oh, well, I can see the Dark Fae doing that kind of move because they're just fed up after a while. They're like, why are we? tolerating these humans and just feeding on them. Let's really just get rid of them. Because we can. Because we're the Dark Fae. We're dark but fae, that's baby. assuming that the divide still exists true. by the time yeah, there's true. a movie. Yeah. yeah I, and, but I think Kevin does make a good point in that I could totally see that happening with the Dark Fae. Because of the two clans, they are the ones who tend to espouse a philosophy that's more, you know, humans are food. And so I could see them, at, or at least a group of them, getting fed up with hiding their existence from the humans and just be like, let's just be done with it. You know, we're at the top of the food chain. We should act like it. Yeah. Instead of trying to blend into their world. Angela followed up Kevin's comment with, maybe humans get enslaved by the Fae. The Fae are united, but the gang has to save humanity and go against the Fae. 
That's also a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. This, this idea that, you know, Bo is, Bo is team human. Bo is supposed to be on the human side and ex- really exploring where humans are or at a risk for that. Cause I feel like even our, uh, most of our fake characters have come to where they appreciate humans more. Well, I think even Ebony in her own way, even before she was defayed, because again, I don't know if she'd be, well, we were talking about this idea earlier where some dark fae would just get fed up and go, well, we're going to, you know, take over the humans and we're top of the food chain. I think Ebony definitely has that streak in her, but at the same time, she wants to get out of everything she can out of the human world before she destroys it. All the good bits, good clothes, good shopping, good food, good sex. But, you know. <laughs> and then we got a suggestion from Maverick, who we, I guess we kind of covered this already, but Maverick suggested the humans uncovering the Fae and some greedy people wanting to use their powers to rule mankind. Bo and the group play savor- saviors. And then from Pixel 51, they suggested the story of Aoife and Bo's, of story of Aoife and Bo's father. I was like, Aoife and Bo don't share a father. <laughs> it took me a second. <laughs> if pause, so, that pause, would be weird. <laughs> it's like, oh gosh, I hope not. Trick is like, I'm not only your grandpa, I'm also... Anyway, oh god, um, <laughs> oh god. I know, right? So sorry, let me try that again. Pixel oh, 51, man. they said the story of Aoife and Bo's father, whomever he may be, and how and why Bo ended up with her adoptive parents. I think that'd be a cool flashback for, like, a movie, just to show Bo getting dropped off, you know, in Grimley County with the Cherry Festival, like, in a basket of cherries or something when she's a baby. I don't know. <laughs> but I think that'd just be a cool flashback scene, you know, Bo getting dropped off or whatever. I, I think a flashbacks in movies can work to tell the story a little bit if they're done effectively, but you know, film new material. I think that'd be to show what hasn't been shown in the series before. Sometimes that's done well. Yeah, again, I feel like there's so much from Aoife's story that we don't know very clearly. Like, we've had to piece together from what characters have said, but it's still not entirely clear. So this is another little little piece of Aoife's story that has not been particularly illuminated. But again, it's this challenge of Wanting to show things that have happened previously, but also I think it's important that it be based in the present so that, you know, hopefully mo- more of our characters besides just Eva and Bo's father could be included. Mm-hmm. We did get several people who had just sort of like general things they wanted to see in and if they made a Lost Girl movie. A couple of people, well, one person, I think it was my gray bell, just said sex. <laughs> Yes! <laughs> this is a Lost Girl movie, after all, even if it's someone after your own heart, Annie. Although that was non-specific, so it could have just been, yeah, it could have like, been... a series of Bo's encounters. <laughs> true, true. But the most meaningful scene with the best background music has to be the document sex. And the best lighting, probably, <laughs> the right? the best lighting, yes. <laughs> you know, Daibo can have the rough sex, Valcubus can have the angry sex, but Docubus is going to have... The best sex. So, <laughs> overall, regardless of how many sex scenes are in that movie. Brie mentioned on Twitter, Bo managing her multiple relationships, her abilities as a succubus are more experienced, and how Dyson slash Lauren deal with it. Then I'd like to see how Bo copes with her mom and dad issues in life after she's learned the ways of the Fae. Oh, there's so much fodder for a movie. 
sexy fodder. Um, <laughs> and that we had several people who mentioned who mentioned Docubus. They'd like to see Docubus. But I, I want to say there was also somebody who wanted to see a lot of Valcubus, so I don't want the Valcubus people to feel left out. Professor, Professor Jenkins on Twitter said that, said Valcubus all over the place. And Nikki Nichols from Orange is the New Black should make an appearance and be besties with Kenzie. <laughs> Which then got me thinking about, like, okay, that actually could be fun. This will never come to pass. But, like, it got me thinking about Lost Girl and other show crossovers. And I, and so fan fiction. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, and Kenzie meets, you know, a, a plucky, witty, gay rent boy artist who has a dark secret <laughs> of his own, you know? <laughs> and if you can't get any actors to play their original characters, you can just get Katiana Maslani to play them. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I want to see Kenzie and Allison in a scene now. Huh. That'd be fun. That could be fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this did remind me, I think, uh, I think it was during last week's discussion at some point. Didn't Sally tweet something about how, like, I have an idea. We should just have a lost girl and orphan black crossover and they can clone Bo and that'll solve the triangle problem. <laughs> <laughs> It'll solve the octagon problem. <laughs> right. And she was joking. Just to be clear, she was joking. <laughs> and then Angela said, maybe how Faye played a part in human history, like Julius Caesar, George Washington, major players were Faye, and our history, uh, meaning human history, tied into Faye history. That'd be kind of fascinating. But again, you have the challenge of that stuff all happened way before Bo, and yeah, right. like how, so do you how do you tie that back in? Contemporary stuff. It's an interesting idea. Like, it, a lot of these ideas, though, I'm kind of like, I wonder if this would, you know, if they did a comic book. Some of these would make, like, really great yeah. stories for comic book, you know, miniseries and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we need more Lost Girl comic books. Because there was one initially years ago. But, uh, yeah, make more Lost Girl stuff. Showcase. In the absence of the show, make comic books. Make action figures. Make trading cards. You need stuff to, def to you know, fill my, you know, merchandising needs. Because I'm a merchandise hound. My great bell says, the Lost Girl Lego movie. <laughs> yes. Yes. Those would be some weird sex scenes. <laughs> yeah, it would be weird. I forget that Lego movies are rated G. So, this be a rated R movie. Well, here's my question. I mean, you know how the Bomb Girls movie, I think we asked when we, I asked when we were doing our um, podcast on it was that it wasn't really a movie with a lot of exposition for fans who had never really seen Bomb Girls. It kind of just picked up where it left off. Do you think a Lost Girl movie, you know, a TV movie or otherwise, would, you know, have that much exposition? Or would it just kind of pick up where the fifth season left off? I think it depends on if they do TV or if they do big screen. Yeah, uh, we can dream if they, of big If they screen. did a cinema release, you'd need more yeah. exposition. But even so, I feel like if they did a movie... They would at least, if it, they, if such a thing still existed, would at least need to introduce the concept of the light-dark divide, the fact that, you know, Bo is trying to be neither and is kind of unique in that regard and, like, the relationship between Faye and humans. Like, yeah. those would need to be established in some way. And, yeah, I just, you know, and Lost Girl has a lot more mythology than something like Bomb Girl, so, and it has its own right. that it's created, so you do have to explain the basics. So exactly, because because for bomb girls at least you get the impression like okay these are this is World War Two era 
these are, you know, women working in a bomb factory. Okay. Yeah. You know, but it, since this is a world that they've created, mm-hmm. it, it does need more explanation. Yeah. As we just say, bomb girls mythology is history. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you've got the character relationships that you have to reveal, but you need to do that anyway. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. It, it, regardless of whether you're in a world that you created or a more realistic world. So. Right. That's relationship stuff versus like show backstory. And yeah, I, I really yeah. do think it is the trickiest thing, though, about the writing is to write for people who've never seen it, do your exposition, do it in a creative way, and not have characters talk for two minutes, literally, of screen time explaining everything, and then also move a plot forward, have a new plot introduced, and, you know, kind of satisfy two different audiences, basically. Uh, Although they did manage to do that with the Veronica Mars movie. There was like a two-minute sequence at the beginning that's mostly Mm -hmm. voiceover, and it it worked. Really? It did. It did. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll have to watch Serenity and Veronica Mars then. Do it. I haven't watched Veronica Mars had the, I think, the advantage that voiceover was worked into the series already. That is true, yes. So it it didn't feel weird to people who'd seen the series for it to begin with, with voiceover, so... I think voiceover in Watt Lost Girl, quite frankly, would be weird because it's never been used in the series, aside from the opening credits, Was that credits, used at the last scene of oh, the duh. last season? Okay, well, that's different. But, but yeah, it's not usually yeah. used. Yeah. It's not common on the show, right? But depends, because sometimes voiceover as exposition can work and sometimes not, so. Right, it's hard to get that right. It has to be really skillfully written. So if there was a movie, who would you want to write it, direct it? guest star i did you know things like that it's hard to tell i I don't know that i could pick a director because i don't really i haven't well actually i totally can john fawcett (laughs) yeah john fawcett that was my like uh i was forgetting that oh yeah he did he did direct a bunch of episodes in the first season i was gonna say i hadn't really paid much attention to a lot of the the lost girl directors yet i will probably if i go back i'll make better notes but as far as writers go i think it'd be great if they could get michelle lovretta to come back and write the movie. I'd want Michelle and Emily to write it. I'd want them to co-write it. I could be on board for that. Yeah. I was going to say, I'd, I'd also love to see Emily write it. I tend to really enjoy Jeremy Boxen's writing. Yeah. So those would be my top three choices, I think. Oh, and Michael Grassi. I've really liked the, the episodes we've seen from him. But he's still newish, so he gets he gets put at number four. <laughs> <laughs> Hope he doesn't hear this. Um <laughs> I like your writing. I just don't know you well enough yet, exactly. Michael, to put you higher up on the list. <laughs> I would like at least one unicorn in the movie or unicorn <laughs> reference. And what else? Something sparkly. I would not. No more unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else. I don't know about any guests. I want Tatiana Maslany to play every guest star role. <laughs> so that would be great. Oh, yeah, that movie would also be a good opportunity to really bring back guest stars that we've that we've really enjoyed you know i like cassie the oracle i i oh yeah i really enjoy enjoy her mm-hmm. the two times that she's been on of course bruce kevin mentioned earlier having bruce back mm-hmm. in a movie would be great he and kenzie getting a storyline together val yeah there you go bring val back we want val where'd she go why does nobody remember she exists <laughs> <laughs> I'd want Lucy Lawless on there, just for my Xena. <laughs> just reference. because. Just because. And he's like, I'm determined to have her guest on every series ever. Or Lena Headey. That'd be awesome. She almost has, though. <laughs> yeah. If it would be appropriate, it'd be great to have Acacia back. I really enjoyed 
Linda yeah, Hamilton. Yeah, I was just going to say Linda Hamilton. Especially especially in season four. I thought she was great in End of a Line. But I would like for it for, for them to let her do some fighting. Yeah. She's yet to f- really fight anything. She and Tamsin had kind of like, I guess, a struggle in, in her first episode. And so did she and Bo. Yeah. yeah, but they're not like fight, fight, right? Scenes. Well, Linda Hamilton did comment on the heels. She's like, I can barely walk in these, let alone do anything else. When she showed the six inch right, heels she's right. wearing, so they have to give her better footwear, and then we'll have Acacia. Don't let her wear scene. heels, even though she she will want to be tall. Put her in flats, and then she can be badass all over the place. Yes. <laughs> or at least put her in lower heels. Yeah. <laughs> There's that moment in at end of the line where, you know, they're getting confronted by the Revenant and then Dyson pops up from the side and like rips the guy's throat out and makes him crack. And I'm just like, there were two Valkyrie and Bo standing right there. Why couldn't the Valkyrie have had a fight scene? Because Dyson (laughs) needs to make an entrance, Stephanie. Yeah, I know he needed to make an entrance because they were throwing his character in there. But come on. Let let Linda Hamilton fight something. She doesn't please. have that big machete for nothing. Well, she did, you know, she took out the one at the beginning of the episode, but you kind she of did. didn't really she see did. her do it, so. Yeah. No, because she was off screen. So uh, how about you, Chris? Thoughts about directors, writers? Yeah, John Fawcett. There's also, and I'm totally blanking on his last name. He's a Steve. DeMarco? Thank you. Steve DeMarco does a lot of their episodes, so. They do. Yeah, he does. He does. He's a frequent director. Because I always feel like it's better to have a frequent director. You know what I mean? Like somebody exactly. who's familiar. I also really tend to like the episodes that Gail Harvey directs. Those tend to be more relationshipy. So I guess it kind of depends on what type of story they're telling. But I think she does really well at relationship dynamics within stories. If it's a two-hour Docubus talk movie, then she'll direct that. <laughs> Yes, if it's the 3D docubus sex scene, braiding their hair, having deep conversations, yes, Gail Harvey will direct that one. (laughs) But yeah, she directed It's Better to Burn Out Than Fay Away, episode 206. She directed Delinquents, 310. And she directed There's Both Place Like Home, 307. So so she, she does a lot of, yeah, relationshipy stuff. She's good at that. And yeah, I like the idea of of Michelle Lovretta and Andres co-writing. I'm I'm on board with that idea, Annie. So Olin Samuel replied, and and she said, uh, Michelle Lovretta writing, John Fawcett or T.J. Scott directing. Hey, T.J. He hasn't done an episode of Lost Girl yet. He has hasn't. He? He's doing every other thing in yeah. Canada. Like uh, I think he's he did Gotham. He's doing Con- Constantine. Did Orphan Black. Black Sales. He's doing everything except Lost Girl. But yeah, uh, as I've mentioned before, he has a really good visual style. And of course, Crystal. Oh! Oh, yes. Do the leaves! Leaves! <sighs> <laughs> but remember, friends, not with benefits. That was really impressive, Chris. I could have, I could have gone on longer. Okay. <laughs> Next time. Next time. Was there anything else y'all wanted to mention before we wrap up here? No, but I'm really excited about the 3D idea now, because that just never occurred to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) when I was talking about this with with my partner, she said that, she's like, I don't think I'd want a movie that was focused on the love triangle. I don't want a fey version of The Notebook. (laughs) (laughs) I have never seen The Notebook. You don't really need to. But yeah, 
I, 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 think, I think I'm the one person on the planet who hasn't seen it. <laughs> well, I think that it, when it comes to the relationships, I'm hoping that it'll just be, I don't know, as neutral as it can be at the end of the fifth season. Because again, we've talked about what's going to happen at the end relationship-wise. The triangle is its own issue, but doesn't mean I still... Notice I said we can have all the sex scenes in the movie. I just want the document scene to be the best one. So we'll cover all the relationships. Betty's inclusive. She just wants to be the best. Exactly. And I said Valkyvitz too. So let's just keep in mind here, though, that regardless of what actually happens in Annie's mind, it will be the best no matter what. Exactly. And I am not the only one. So anyway, but yeah, Faye version of the notebook. That's freaking hilarious. So. If they come to some sort of decision in regards to Bo's relationships, whether she picks Dyson or, or, or I almost said Bo, if she picks herself, <laughs> she could. Maybe I she just should. went to a weird <laughs> visual place. <laughs> Lauren, <laughs> Tamsin, uh, Ryan, whomever. If she comes to a decision about somebody at, by the end of the series, I wouldn't want a movie to then like, you know, rehash her being indecisive about her yeah. her relationship choice like definitely i don't want that right because i i think it's time for that for the love triangle quadrangle whatever to kind of come to a a resting place if the when the series well ends. even now it's like quest for kenzie kind of takes precedence so hopefully we'll of see course, the fifth yeah. season shift and we've talked earlier about how the whole triangle is kind of shifting anyway so I wanted to say thank you. We had gotten several donations from people recently. Thank you to Jessalyn, to Laura, Kate, and to Kevin, who sent in donations to the podcast. We really appreciate those. They help us keep the lights on, so to speak. It goes to paying for our media hosting and just costs associated with producing the podcast. So we really appreciate that support. Thank you. Thank you. I also wanted to mention again that coming up on October 7th is when the kind of group Lost Girl series rewatch is going to start in order to rewatch the entire series from the beginning before the season five premiere in Canada on December 7th. So if you watch one episode per day starting October 7th, then you will watch Dark Horse on December 6th and then season five will premiere on Showcase on December 7th. We're going to be posting photos and quotes and questions from the daily episodes on our social media accounts. So, you know, go and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Tumblr if you don't already. And hopefully it'll be fun and kind of get people in the mood, get people revved up for season five. And then, you know, those were our ideas about what a Lost Girl movie could look like. We would love to hear your thoughts. You can tell us those over in the comments for the show notes for this episode go to drinksatthedoll.com slash 68. You can also send us an email to feedback at drinksatthedoll.com or you can send us a voice message by clicking on the send voicemail tab on the right-hand side of our website. I'm so glad you could join us for Drinks at the Doll. My name is Stephanie. 3D! Document 6. My name is Annie. The second X-Files movie was just terrible. <laughs> My name is Chris. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Cheers. Cheers.